Welcome to the Retail Ready Podcast, hosted by Ben Wyatt, your destination for product development, food trends, and some serious knowledge bombs about the food industry. I honestly don't know where to start with this podcast because you are in a completely different league in a different world to where my <laughs> innovation head is. You are the, the CEO of Turtle Tree Labs. Thank you very much for your time and thank you very much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Ben. Not a problem. And you're, you're currently in LA, is that correct at the moment? Yes, that's right. Um, currently in LA, uh, we're supposed to go to San Francisco for some, um, for some events, uh, but now they've been cancelled, so we're going to stay here now. Ah, uh, they are. Yeah, keep safe. So it'll be interesting to see here yeah, how how it progresses, uh, because yeah, it's, it, I just know that who have just put it as a pandemic. So we'll uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how the media responds to this and see what panic uh, people make of it. But hope you're safe. Um, we're not talking about coronavirus on this podcast. We're talking about you being one of the biggest disruptors within the infant formula and kind of the cell uh, space and I'm not an expert in this field you're the expert so I want this to be your podcast to literally explain to the people listening what crazy stuff you're doing and what <laughs> game-changing stuff you're doing would you be able just to give an overview of yourself and the the company that you have created sure absolutely so um we we, we are Turtle Tree Labs uh, my name is Feng Ru, and um, a bit of background about myself. I used to work for um, tech companies. I used to work for Salesforce and Google. Um, but as a hobby, I, I like to make cheese. And uh, that, that's why and how um, this whole company started. Um, in a journey to, to make cheese in Asia, as you can imagine, it's really difficult to find good milk. Mm -hmm. I was in Indonesia. I was in Thailand. But there were a lot of problems with contract farming, with hormones that are being pumped into the cows. So the milk quality is always suffering. There's not enough calcium. There's not enough protein. So the cuts wouldn't form. So it was it was just not possible. And um, I, I've got a friend. Um, his name is Max, and he's my co-founder. And uh, back then, a few years ago, he was always sharing with me about companies like Memphis Meats and Blue Nalu. And um, these these companies are using stem cells to create seafood and meat. I came to him and asked him if there could be similar methods to create milk. Um, he, he pulled together his, his friend, who's a cell biologist. Her name is Rabel. Um, and three of us started to do a lot of research around the methods that could be adopted. Last year, we made a breakthrough and we filed our patent. And this year, we're, we're set to scale the business. <laughs> that is one of the most incredible stories that I've ever heard that someone who just, oh, you know what, let's make some cheese one day. Oh, I can't. <laughs> Normally, most people would be going, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to make cheese, I'll just make something else. But you have just then gone on and created probably the world's first or one of the, it's going to be, it's going to be incredible. <laughs> um, you're making a cell-based food tech startup uh, because you couldn't make the correct cheese. <laughs> Which is, <laughs> yeah, wow. well, it's, um, also, it's also back to um, building a business, right? Because in Google, we're always about um, talking about 10x. How do we 10x our business? Mm -hmm. How do we 10x um, every effort, every activity that we perform? And um, making cheese, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm doing it myself. It's, it's not going to be scalable. 
So um, this was something that really could change the world, which is why I was um, I was really excited when we, we when we found this opportunity. That's incredible. And for for my stupidity and hopefully a few people that are listening that do not have a clue how cell based uh, tech works. Can you, in layman's terms, hopefully, explain kind of the process that you guys are now trying to bring to a large scale? What what does that look like? Sure, no problem. And and don't worry about it. Um, I came from the tech background, so all uh, everything that I'm sharing <laughs> was explained to me and dumbed down for me as well. So Fantastic. whatever I share should be quite <laughs> should be quite understandable. <laughs> there we go. I don't I don't feel too bad now then. <laughs> no. <laughs> so um, how how it works is um in, in the cell based uh, meats world, uh, instead of growing a whole cow to to get meat and steak from um, a lot of scientists are, are looking at how we can in in a lab environment um, grow the cells multiply the cells to a large enough number so they can compress into a patty and put it in a burger and eat it mm-hmm. so that's how a lot of um, memphis meats blue nalu and all these uh, cell-based meat companies are are performing their activities for for us we're doing things a little more differently what we're doing is we are taking stem cells from milk itself. So when females, um, either mothers or cows, express milk, there are stem cells in the milk itself. Okay, so wow. if we, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. So we're able to extract the stem cells within three hours um, of the milk being expressed and the cells would still be alive. We would then proliferate these cells to a large number, which means we grow them to a large number after which we would transfer these cells into a bioreactor. And in this bioreactor, they will be exposed to lactation media, which is really um, a concoction of insulin, minerals, and vitamins. The same stuff that is inside a human breast or a cow udder. Mm-hmm. After, after which uh, the cells would then um, differentiate, which means they morph into memory gland cells, and then they would start to lactate. We would wow. then filter out the cells and the end product is the milk. That, that is incredible. I know you, you literally explained it so simply, but I, I honestly <laughs> would love to know the process and see the process because I don't think it would be that simple. <laughs> but that, that, is, that is incredible. So you're creating real milk without having to go through the animal process or kind of and you're making breast milk without um, any harm or any any interaction with humans to be. Is that correct? That is correct. Um, so other than the initial, yeah. we were currently collecting a lot of um, breast milk donations from mothers mm-hmm. um, to find the ideal breast milk out there. Um, but after that initial um, collection, uh, everything else is, is just part of the process and we don't have to do that again in the future. Wow. So you literally can make infant formula, hopefully, well, I'm sure you've got a small scale now or a building to be a large scale now to mm-hmm. to make infant formula using literally breast milk, uh, breast milk powder. <laughs> and does it That's contain, right. does it contain the same nutrients um, as you'd find in the real breast milk? Yes, absolutely. Cause, because um, our, our method is not, a, lo- a lot of different, a lot of other companies, well, what they've done in the past is um, for infant formula, it's really a formulation of different components. Mm-hmm. And through the decades, many companies have been trying to use alternatives or replacements or recombinant methods to recreate each of the components to put them together to try to make up breast milk. 
Yeah. But now if we're able to, now, now we are able to create a like-for-like like identical match in nutritional value of human breast milk. It's, um, the, it's, it's really valuable, especially for, for mothers who cannot lactate. Wow, that's, that's so fascinating. And I understand that, so it's funny because I've, I've just been a dad while I've got a three-year-old. So I've, I've gone through the whole looking at the back <laughs> of a tin of an infant formula and being told breast is best and with my <laughs> nutrition kind of background, you, you look into it. The, the one thing that I'm keen to understand is when, when you say you're using kind of, yeah, breast milk um, formulation, does it also contain kind of the the nutrients, the unique nutrients like the probiotics and kind of uh, the enzymes, or are we just talking kind of a, a level of like fats, carbohydrates uh, from that level? That's a very good question. So nutritionally, um, we are a match of breast milk. So if you talk about mm-hmm. carbohydrates, fats, proteins, these these components uh, nutritionally, we have a match. But if you're talking about uh, the microbiomes or the antibodies, we're not able to replicate that because antibodies come from the blood of the mother and the microbiome comes from the gut of the mother. So um, there are studies uh, showing that some microbiomes could clash with others and um, it could also clash with the the baby's immune system. So we we would want to uh, steer away from that as uh, as we come up with the first product. But we might partner with um, companies who focus just on these components in the future. That's fantastic. And what's been kind of the, the I'm not going to say customer feedback because I think that would be, but kind of your investors' feedback and kind of um, people that you talk to from a business level. What, what's their feedback on the whole business side? Are they... Are they going, wow, this is incredible, I want to be involved, or, oh, this, this is niche, uh, it, it doesn't have legs? What's, what's been the view so far? Sure. So initially, the, the view was, oh, no, they're coming up with something that could uh, be our competitor. But, yeah. um, <laughs> but because of our, our really, um, really cool go-to-market strategy, they see us more as um, somebody who can enable them to get to the nutrients that uh, they've always been trying to get to. So let, let me um, dive a little bit into how we plan to go to market. Yeah, please, that'd be great. <laughs> so we, we, we're not necessarily going around the world uh, building our own plants. Uh, mm-hmm. We recently went to a, uh, visit a, a, a dairy plant and each of uh, these plants cost $800 million. And this is wow. not something <laughs> that we have the resources or, or want to disrupt. Because these people have the logistics, the consumer insights, uh, the supply chain all dialed in. We, it's, it's a machine that I don't think um, any small player can disrupt. So what, what we plan to do is uh, we go by a licensing model. We want to enable the dairy conglomerates, the, the Nestle, the Danons, the Fonteras in the world, to be able to adopt our method of sourcing milk. So these, these uh, players, they, they have a very strong ingredient play. They work with a lot of um, other dairy suppliers, ingredient suppliers, to to source the different um, casein, whey, fats for mm-hmm. their milk products. So we will work with those partners as well as the consumer brands to come up with um, a, a product that end consumers would want. So um, we, we will work with, through a licensing and royalty model. And this allows us to, to keep ourselves capital light 
and focus on innovation and being a very knowledge-based company, which is what we're good at. That's fantastic. And what would you say your time scale is um, from kind of, yeah, from now to getting it in the hands of kind of your everyday consumer? Has has that been worked on and discussed or is that an, are you in an investment strategy piece still? No, um, we, we are always um, looking at that because at the end of the day, we, we want to be a company that um, grows behind revenue. And these end customers is is the goal, and these are um, the the people that we wanna we wanna service and work for. So um, currently we we are um, in always I mean we're startup we're always on investment mode. Um, and by the end of this year, we want to be able to build up a, a five liter uh, pilot plant here in Singapore mm-hmm. to showcase how this technology would look like um, on a on a small scale model. And by Q3 next year. We want to be able to have a fully functional 5,000 liter bioreactor churning out milk, and uh, that that would really show us uh, show show the industry what the scaled up model could look like uh, in terms of the lactation media, the supply chains, uh, the packing line, and the different um, and, and the end product really because um, these these companies will want to see from this end product how they could fractionate the product um, and pass it on to their customers. That's incredible. And from from making cheese in your kitchen to this, have <laughs> you have you enjoyed the journey? Did you ever expect it to to become like this? And is there anything that you just look back on going, Jesus Christ, this is uh this has gone a bit bigger than what I expected? <laughs> <laughs> I do that every day. <laughs> every day I wake up, I talk to the team. I, I just feel really happy to be surrounded by uh, people I look up to. My team, my scientists, um, my business development team, everyone sees the vision. And yeah. I think uh, what what um, Max and I do is we, we are activators. We activate the right teams, uh, the customers and the partners um, to, to make sure we fill any gaps. And we want to make sure we bring the best people on board so mm-hmm. they, they have the eye on the prize together with us um, and work with us to, to get to that end point. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I think about it every day. I'm, I'm feel really happy to, to be surrounded Fantastic. by such great people. And just to touch on your team, like you're a team of scientists and I'm guessing very clever people. Um, <laughs> did, did you find these people hard to come by or did they approach you kind of? Because I see on the, on your website and speaking to you, you've, you've got kind of a lot of scientists in different uh, specific fields how how did you go about building your team and kind of building that knowledge base sure um we we started off um, the company with five scientists and um as you know we've now grown to almost 30 wow. we at first it was it was a lot of um hate hunting so we would as the typical go to linkedin um <laughs> and talk to these scientists but um, we, we had to have a good story. We all know that scientists, they don't work for money. They want to work for projects that they're passionate about, projects that they believe when they put their effort to it can help change the world. So our, our story really helped um, to, to really, really resonated with some of the scientists. Yep. And um, after the first batch of rock stars are brought in, uh, we do have a lot of um, inbound interest uh, from, from scientists as well. So um, we, we recently even 
uh, flew, drove down to um, San Diego to meet um, one scientist because we wanted to bring him on board to join our team. (laughs) Fantastic. And do so moving from Singapore to LA. So am I right in the head office is permanently in LA? And was that a strategic move to make sure you're in the hub of kind of the innovation creation center or what was the idea of moving to LA and instead of staying in Singapore? Sure. Um, so we, we, our issue is actually in Singapore and we have a small office uh, in, in San Francisco. LA was just a, it's a transit for me because I just yeah, came okay. back from uh, San Diego. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. So we, we, it's a strategic decision to, to stay in Singapore because uh, we, being a Singaporean um, that I am, we get mm-hmm. to access a lot of um, different grants and a lot yep. of support from the Singapore government. So um, Singapore is, is an island country and we, we depend on um, you guys <laughs> as well as yeah, neighboring right. countries yeah. uh, to, to supply us food. And food security is always a, a big problem. Yeah. I mean, even with the coronavirus now, people are sweeping goods off the shelves. And um, the Singapore government, few about a year ago, recognized this and start, started this 30 by 30 goal. We want to create 30% of our nutritional needs within the country by the year 2030, which means that the government really aligns all the different government agencies to make sure that all of us, uh, all of them are, are focused on that. So the National um, Research Institute, which is ASTAR, um, have some grants and programs to, to help startups like us. Uh, the Singapore Food Agency, they have a whole industry group to support novel foods like ours to help us um, uh, navigate through the regulatory. Um, the National University of Singapore, um, Nanyang Technological Universities, um, and lots of various um, other resources um, are at, at our fingertips to, to help us be successful. So, wow. uh, yeah, we even get some scientists um, subsidized for up to 70% of their, their pay uh, from ASTAR, uh, just because the government really wants to support and um, help the ecosystem. That's fantastic. So, so that, I guess that helps. Yeah, helps it that it comes from top down, and you get the support, and yeah, that it helps you build an, an amazing business, which probably would put Singapore on the map in this space technically, because from going from no dairy kind of infant formula based product to uh, the cell based nutrition formula that you're creating um, is literally a game changer. <laughs> yeah, in, indeed, and. In Singapore, um, I mean, in the past, they have been doing a lot of um, things to to bring technology into the company, uh, into the country. Mm. So out of the world's five largest infant formula uh, companies, four have production here in Singapore. Um, so even many years ago, they recognized the need for um, knowledge and businesses to flourish within Singapore. So, I mean, being in, in Biopolis, which is where our office is at, helps because we're just 200 meters away from Dan and Mick Johnson, Nestle, uh, and we, we interact with them a lot. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so that would help massively. So it's, it's amazing that, yeah, a country has seen this and is growing in it. And, uh, yeah, I hope it assists you guys uh, for a long time. And I see that investors and kind of even big names are getting behind you guys because, yeah, you will be a, you'll be a dent in a huge market. And to, to finish off... Um, because I've got a lot of questions, but I don't want to sound stupid. Uh, but 
<laughs> but I think you've given a great overview. My my last question would be kind of the consumer reaction to this. And do you think it's an education piece that you guys will do along with the brands and kind of government and stuff like that? How do you think that your product will start to be accepted uh, on a mass scale? Where do you think that will come from? Absolutely. Um, Again, this goes back to our go-to-market strategy. Because we're working with um, the big brands, they have huge hundreds of people, big teams around consumer insights, um, around marketing. So we will work with them to scout the message of how this would go out. Um, Buying infant nutrition um, is something that is very emotional. So uh, there there will be a lot of studies uh, together with them to make sure we have the right messaging uh, across. But if you think about it, um, technology has has changed um, a lot of things. I mean, if you ask me if I'll get to a stranger's into a stranger's car ten years ago, I would say you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> we do that every day now. So um, true. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this is definitely a journey, and um, it's something that we we will respect and bring on the right folks on board to make sure that ethically and um, in the consumer insights emotional point of view, we are, we are positioned right. Fantastic. And a question, and I know you can never make vegans happy, but would this <laughs> product suit a vegan lifestyle or is there a, has your team done any insights or the brands that you work with done any insights to go, how does this affect yeah, kind of your ethical uh, consumer? Do they see it as ethical or do they see it as still oh, this is not this is not normal? <laughs> Good question. So I, I think it really depends on why a vegan is vegan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have uh, some mission-aligned um, investors who are on board because they are, um, their mandate is to steer people away from consuming products from animals. Yep. But if you're vegan because of religious reasons or because of perceived health reasons, then this is not something for you. But if you're vegan because you want um, to not see animal suffering, yep. because um, you want to save the earth, this is something that would um, absolutely uh, align with you. Yeah, perfect. Which is probably a bigger market, to be honest, isn't it? Really, like that's that's probably yeah. the main driver, which is fantastic. I just want to appreciate your time, your knowledge, and just letting me and the listeners into your world, which I just cannot wait to see grow and expand and um, see where it goes. Which I can only see it going bigger, to be honest. Um, if people wanted to to reach out to learn more and connect, where where's the best way for them to to go? Sure, um, I'm very active on LinkedIn. I respond to all the messages that um, people have LinkedIn me on, um, and, or you can uh, email to us at pr at turtletreelabs.com. Perfect. I I just want to say thank you again. Enjoy uh, the rest of the week. Keep safe. Uh, stay away from yeah. Stay away from the coronavirus and um, I look forward to yeah following you more on LinkedIn and uh, just kind of seeing further developments and educating myself in this space, to be honest, because you've mm-hmm. opened you've opened a can of worms into a world that I, I read about once and just didn't understand it. And I've been studying nutrition for nine, ten years now, and you've just you've you've put me onto a new chapter. So thank you very much for uh, making me want to learn a bit more. So I appreciate it. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> no worries. Appreciate thank, it. Thank you. Have a great day.